With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We have been asked about it for so long. When will the podcast be going to two times a week? And it begins now, this July 10th, Monday. Sims and Lefko, we can't hold us in anymore. Monumental. Ah! Uh, For people listening on iTunes, if you'd like to see us live, as people are doing right now, check us out on Facebook Live, Mondays at 1 o'clock. We're doing it now because throughout the season, Mondays at 1 o'clock, we're going to be doing shows, recapping Sunday, looking towards the week. We'll still be doing Wednesdays podcast and we still got some kinks to work out perfect example internet don't got it not good so i am not gonna be able to see live comments we got people in the back that can handle it but we have a pack show to get through uh mondays will be a lot more football centric wednesdays is when we're gonna get really really weird because now we have more time yes we've had Um, some good discussions on wednesdays about other sports i have i have a non-football question for you I was drinking this, a Seltz sparkling polar water, blueberry yep. lemonade, Boom. and uh, I looked at the nutrition facts. Super happy with it. Yep. Look at them, all zeros. It's okay, water. Great. What's I, that mean? That doesn't. Mean, it probably re- means it's got chemicals in it. I'm going to gonna, have no I'm gonna read you. I'm going to read you the ingredients. Right. And I want you to tell me what the hell this last one is. Yeah. Carbonated water. Right. Mmm. Delicious. Natural flavors. Mmm. Natural ones. Essence of fresh lemons. Ah, oh, the old essence what? of fresh lemons. <laughs> what is an essence? Uh, I guess Did like- the lemons stand in front of the other ingredients and go, take my <laughs> essence? What does that mean? We let the carbonated water marinate around lemons. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't essence of lemons. Beyonce has an essence. Madonna has an essence. So wait, this thing's not all natural with natural fruit flavors. So yeah. that, that tells you it's not all natural. Hey, this is my big thing right now. You see that Gatorade commercial out there with like Eli and Matt Ryan. They have organic Gatorade now. Yeah, yeah, good. They need to because it's got a lot of chemicals in Gatorade. Athletes need to start <laughs> stop promoting things that are bad for children and our society. This is where I look at Tom Brady and go, he's cutting edge when he says Frosted Flakes and some of those crappy foods that are yeah. out in the world. They're we not talked real about food. that last podcast. Yeah. You know what else is bad for kids coming up? Not getting paid what you're worth. And yes. that is the big argument right now for NFL players. Terrence Knighton went on a tweeting spree, and this usually happens when a player in another sport gets a huge contract. We're going to see it when it happens with Bryce Harper. We're going to see it when it happens with everybody. James Harden signed a $228 million Yikes. contract, and Terrence Knighton went on a Twitter spree. NFL makes billions a year. Time to get back at that negotiation table. He continued and said, and this time we need to stay strong and not budge. Make him pay. He went on to say last year NFL took in $13 billion in revenue. The NBA only 4.8. And I don't care how many people are on the roster. Um, what he, was that number again? Say that again. 
NFL took in $13 billion, yeah. NBA 4.8. Right. Um, and then he went on to say that certain players in the NFL should be making a lot more than certain players in the NFL. He said Aaron Rodgers should be making more than James Harden. Tom Brady should be making more than Steph Curry. Aqib Tlaib should be making more than Evan Turner. Antonio Brown more than Mike Conley. Julio Jones more than DeMar DeRozan. I can't argue any of this, and we're showing right now Aaron Rodgers versus James Harden. Aaron Rodgers right now making 12 compared to James Harden's 28.3, fully guaranteed. Now look, it's a lot of different things. Yes. Guarantees, the ability to salaries. There is only 12 to 13 guys on a roster, 15, not 53. That's the biggest thing. I mean, the money's never going to be the same because of the size of the rosters and the amount of games, right? I mean, 82 games yes. compared to 16. Uh, just the numbers don't work out. But what they can do... Uh, there is too big of a discrepancy. Like you just said there, there's football making three times the amount of NBA. Yes. Football, last time I Almost checked, three. made more money than football, base. I mean, more than basketball, baseball, and hockey combined, yeah. I believe. They're going to be losing out on $50 million from Viagra and Cialis this season. Oh, no. That's. I mean, every time I watch football, it's... Sit in a bathtub. Hey. Next to your wife. Hey. And enjoy the Seahawks. My question is, we've always said this. Right. On the last collective bargaining agreement, the Drew Breeses of the world caved. And they were the ones that said, let's save. I really think Breeze kind of helped the players. Okay, Whoa. there's you changed your stance. Well, there's two sides of the story, and I know I've said that to you because the rumor was that maybe Drew Brees kind of cut a deal on the side, right, and got a little more commercials from the NFL right. to get the players to agree to the deal, but. I've also been told by some people who know these kind of things that you know he actually was a big help at the long run. He helped the players. I'm more mad at Brady and Manning when it comes to this. They should have been at the forefront. They are the people that could change public opinion yes. and get people on the side of the players. The other reason that makes it really – because I think we all know this. It's going to take the players to yeah. go, we are not playing unless we get what we want. Right. They need a real strike. Here's why it's easier said than done. We talk about how the Nick Youngs in the NBA get paid tens of millions, yes. and you have like Slobodov, Medvedenko getting good. Like everyone gets good contracts in the NBA. Mm -hmm. In the NFL, those veteran minimums are not that big. So if you're asking everyone to strike, the large portion of the NFL cannot afford to no. not make checks. Very few. Five so, to eight guys on a team. So that's why we've said the last few years, I really hope the NFLPA has been saving money for a strike. What I did was I tried to think, who are the upcoming contracts that could really hold out, right. that could really make a change? Who and are just, the big well, And ones? just before you go into that, like th that I, can never, I don't care if the NFL – I was part of the last CBA. I was playing. We tried to save money then, too. That crap ain't going to work. They can't save enough money. It doesn't matter. Like you said, the second-year player who's made $400,000 in his career – He's going to be hurting half of that guy's the taxes. He buys himself in a, a car and a house, yes. and all of a sudden now he's got nothing left. Perfect example. David Sutherland just put in the comment section, Nick Young only got a $5.2 million contract only. for one year. I want you to know that Alfred Morris, who's my favorite one to bring up, has not made $5.2 million in his career. Yes. How many times did y'all draft him in the first round of a freaking fantasy league? He hasn't made what Nick Young made in one year, and you think that's nothing. That's, a, that's, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. That's the problem. You're right. So, Hit him, Lefko. So here are the guys that I think are upcoming for contracts yep. that could have enough pull. Yeah. Number one, and we've said it all along, yeah. Odell Beckham. Yeah, baby! Here's why I think even more so. He was on Paul Pogba's Instagram account. I don't know if you know who he is. No idea. He's a soccer player for Manchester United. Okay. That is a worldwide star. Right. He played on Juventus. He yeah. played... 
he's excited to hang out with Odell. I don't think there's any NFL other NFL player that has international superstars that go, I want to hang out. No one's really clamoring for Brady. They know who he is. Yes, right. But they're not clamoring for Brady. So I think Odell's a guaranteed lock. Yes. He's the guy that's got to do it. Just like Von Miller last year. He has to do it. You can't play football this year, Odell Beckham Jr., until you get a long-term deal. You know who else? Who could do it this year? Yeah. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, no doubt. You got to do it. It's a career business decision. Oh, why? So Vontez Burfecht can like illegally tackle you again and horse collar you, and then you can blow out your knee and never get paid any more than the 12 point, million, 12 point whatever million he's going to get this year? Yeah. So, yes, those are two great names right off the bat. Uh, another one. The, now, these three are defensive. 12 million. Steph Curry wouldn't play basketball this year for $12 million. Defensive guys, I think, are harder to enact change just because off at Le'Veon Bell, Odell, you get drafted on your fantasy team, you mm-hmm. buy more jerseys. But the other three, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, Jadavian Clowney. Yes, sir. Of the three, who do you think could have the most pull? Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald. Who was that last one there? Jadavian Clowney. Jadavi- I, think, I think Aaron Donald. And he's in L.A. Yes. Um, I think Aaron Donald has the most pull only because that defense, he is, he is like, don't get me wrong, Khalil Mack's awesome. Uh, he does have that fifth-year option as well, and so does Aaron Donald. But I just think Aaron Donald is the best interior defensive lineman in the game right yeah. now, if not truly the best lineman in general, like not counting a Von Miller, yes. Cleo Mack, outside linebacker, hybrid type. The big problem with all this, but, but all I did them. not list a quarterback, and that's what's really going to take. It's going to take these quarterbacks to really sit out, but... Man, it's hard because you have a limited window. We're seeing how the NFL treats quarterbacks and players mm-hmm. that don't get into line, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick, yes. and and they have a limited window to make this money. But to create change, you need to enact change, and we firmly believe that it's not playing. It's just the, the, the gap the between way. the players that can afford it and can. It's just too much. Right. It's a, the, the saying that I always say to people, a thousand football players are not going to win at the negotiating table against 32 billionaires who have made a lifelong, uh, uh, you know, a lifelong habit of ripping people off and being great business dealers and making a million dollars. That's why they're billion, Leon, I mean, billion dollars. Leon Batchley chiming in saying NFL players should get the most. They sacrifice their body and at least their regular season means something. The problem is, is that all these salaries are kind of insurance policies. Pretty much. And you know the 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 NFL players are just held to the it's it's hard because we just want to it's frustrating and we are a podcast and a show that I believe cares more about the the players than any other people. Well, I wrote an article a few weeks ago, mid June. About you wrote an article. I did. Well, I have a ghostwriter. I mean, you know that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and like you know, oh exclamation point comma. Let me figure out where this goes. No, I just talk. You're and not then a big somebody, punctuation. Nah, guy. I just talk. Do you pace back and forth and go? Mm. Write this down, Stephen. <laughs> if he was here in person, I would. I probably would stand over him. Uh, but uh, I did an article about this, right? Uh, and I and I wrote a little bit about how like certain guys who should not play football this year. And of course, the names that we just talked about were in this article. Gotcha. It was mid June, and I can't remember what the hell we named the article. But regardless, Lefko, I'm going to guess it was players that should sit out. It was something like that. Probably. But or in, players that in no way should play this gotcha. year uh, unless they get new deals. But can I just tell you? I mean, I commented on the comment session because did you go by Chris Sims? Yeah, co- no, I had to call in Bleacher Report, get my Facebook password because I don't know my own password, <laughs> and I was like, because some of the comments were like, I'm really disgusted with the tone of this video. You know, after I said Odell Beckham Jr., the most famous athlete in our country, or at least in football wise, and I am sold. It's official. You're right about that. 
Being around so many young kids lately, Odell Beckham Jr. is the most famous football player in the country. He's the most famous player in the NFL. He is. He definitely is. But the backlash I got, oh, I'm so annoyed by this tone of this article, a guy complaining about players making $1.8 million. It doesn't matter. It's about the going rate for yes. what it is. People are so stupid with that crap. Are you kidding me? I mean, you really people really think it's fair for talented guys like Odell Beckham Jr. to be making one point eight million when guys that are lesser than him are making fourteen million? And they all it's always the same thing too. And you and I have talked about this. It's always they need to honor their contracts. But I never hear about it when it's the white billionaire guy that cuts off the contract. No one ever goes, Man, that owner, what an what an asshole. You know, you know the other reason why Odell should sit out? Why? Because I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, so one guy that we think has the most power, his name is Aaron Rodgers. He is approaching an absolute unbelievable statistical achievement. He is at currently 297 career touchdowns, which means he is three touchdowns away from 300. And if you see that number right there, 72 interceptions, he will be the first quarterback ever to throw 300 touchdowns before throwing one. 100 interceptions. And it's not even close. Give it context, it's right. It's not even close. So he's the 11th player in the NFL that will reach 300. The other 10, when they hit 300, what was their average interceptions? Remember, his is 72. Yeah. Their average, 171. Right. Nearly 100 less than the average. Peyton Manning had 152. So the least, Tom Brady, was right. 115. 115. So that was And like, Aaron Rodgers right. is at 72. 43 less than 43 less than Tom Brady. Right. The most, John Elway. Oof. 226. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. John Elway, who I think you can make arguments is the best quarterback of all time, right. finished with 300 touchdowns and 226 interceptions. Yes. Different that, era then. Different era. Because like I, I could say this just from like, uh, they weren't worried about quarterback rating and completion percentage. If you and I sat down and watched like a 1987, 1988 game, Phil Simms versus Doug Williams. It was go, just deep balls. That's all it is. I mean, it, me and my dad have laughed and we turned down some of his old games because it's like not a throw under 10 yards. Every throw is 30, 15, 20, 40. I mean, Doug Williams, one game I watched, the 88 season, Doug Williams was like, 15 for 38 for 335 yards. 15 for 38. That's why you get so, so angry when you see Alex Smith go 27 of 32 for 151. Yeah, it's just a different game in general. And and uh, to add to just to the story, like my dad always says, like Bill Parcells literally used to just be like, hey, Phil, I want you to be aggressive. I mean, you know, Bavaro's going down the seam. You know, just fit it in there. If you throw an interception, so what? Don't worry about it. I want you to be aggressive. Yeah, so it was now, a different now mindset. Now we care so much about incompletions and Everybody all that stuff. does. The coaches care because it's their future job. I want to be a quarterback whisperer, so I want the numbers to look yeah. good, so I, I get a job later. Think about and the this, quarterbacks though. care. They're looking at their stats while they're on the sideline. Think about this. Aaron Rodgers is going to go 300 touchdowns and less than 100 interceptions. Eli Manning, Fran Tarkenton, and John Elway all threw for 200-plus interceptions when they hit 300. Dan Marino had 169. Brett Favre, 175. Even Mr. Accuracy Drew Brees, 154. That's double. When That's double Aaron Rodgers. are we going to realize? And who are Aaron Rodgers' weapons? Thank you. When are we going to realize Jordy he's Nelson the greatest great. quarterback ever? He's the greatest ever. I don't give a crap about rings. I'm so sick of that crap. And he even has one. But this is amazing. No, but you know what it is? This is what drives me crazy too. Because I like to look at the comments sometimes with these kind of articles, right? Because I just it stirs up my brain sure. to go, this is what public opinion thinks. Go to Pro Football Talk 
and go to the comments of this article. I don't like to publicize another network, but you go to the comments. It's all about problems in the championship game, and he can't seem to put it together in the playoffs. You idiots. This team sucks. They're only there because of Aaron Rodgers, period. 372 for the best gunslinger of our lifetime. He's the gunslinger. Aaron, go out, fucking five cartwheels, do it all. Sorry, I'm swearing, I know. But, I mean, he takes care of the ball. He does everything for that team. Everything. They don't even exist in the big conversation of playoff and Super Bowl contenders without Aaron Rodgers. I just don't know when people are going to realize it. I'm pretty sure last year in the red zone, he had 30 touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's They can't do anything. Think about Green Bay. If you watch Green Bay, and if Aaron Rodgers isn't 28 for 35 for 333 and four touchdowns and zero interceptions and runs for 50 yards, they can't win a game. He I mean, has his to, performance in the Atlanta game last year was one of the best you will ever see. The, fir- the one they the first the one, one, the one where the, he threw for three seventy and ran for season. eighty. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. I Look, know. We're we're going to continue to stay. So this is a very Sims and Lefko episode. Yes. We stand up for players not getting paid enough, Good. and then we continue to tell people that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time. I love it. Speaking of quarterbacks that were in the NFC North, uh, Jay Cutler recently retired, and people seem to really enjoy that because Jay Cutler, I think, was. He's the anti-Jim McMahon, which is why this next story is very interesting. Yeah. Dan Hampton, a.k.a. Danimal. If you don't know who he is, younger people, he was a four-time All-Pro in the 80s. He was on the, on the NFL's 1980s All-Decade team. Yep. Legendary D. Lyman. He had a quote at a Hall of Fame event that said, if my team in the 80s, the Bears, which included that 85 team, yep. had Jay Cutler at quarterback, we would have won four Super Bowls. There are two reasons this comment's interesting. Mm-hmm. One... It's giving credit to Jay Cutler, yes. which not a lot of people are willing to do. Right. And it took a shot at his quarterback, Jim McMahon, who I will say, Dan Hampton has a history of an up-and-back battle with. Yes. So you need to acknowledge the fact that he doesn't like him. A lot of people say that Jim McMahon's their favorite quarterback of all time. Many people say that he was the tough guy that brought that team together. I don't see any way that Jay Cutler would have gotten along with that 85 Bears team. I, Jim McMahon was playing with broken bones and with a shattered bones, and he couldn't even do anything. And Jay Cutler was sitting out in a parka in a playoff game. My first question is, do you think Jay Cutler... He did have I an know, injury in I know that Jay game. Cutler is more talented than Jim McMahon. Yeah. That's the story of Jay Cutler. Right. But could he have actually played on that team? I do think I he could like have. would have eaten him alive. Well, I, you know what? There's only one guy that's really ever played with Jay Cutler who's had issues with him, and that's Brandon Marshall. And you know I love Brandon Marshall, but they yeah. butted heads. Other than that, I mean, I'm, I know Kyle Long, guard there. I know the coaches there in Chicago. Yeah, they liked him a lot. They all love him. Everybody that's ever been with him loved him. I think that Bears team would like him because Jay just kind of shuts up and does his job, right? Um that's always been one of the stories with that Bears team. That, they, that there was a number of people on the defensive side of the ball that did not like Jim McMahon. It's funny. They I've, felt like I've he was literally I've read books solely about that '85 team where they that Jim McMahon was everything. He got hurt a lot because he did stupid runs and stu- he put his body in spots. So that that was the reason he was hurt a lot. The other thing that I'll say is he was the only guy on that team right. that was allowed to yell at Dicka. He was allowed to yell at Dicka. He, he did it. really publicized himself, right, when the defense yes. was winning games and they had Walter Payton on offense. And I'm not getting mad at McMahon for that. Colin um, Bash also says the Bennett brothers don't like Cutler. 
That's well, another good have, one. You're right. They him. don't. You're right. They they've definitely haven't given them the greatest reviews ever. That, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I do think there is that resentment there with McMahon. And yeah, he couldn't stay on the field. I think they didn't feel like he was totally professional to mm. keep the offense disciplined, the whole team being that leader. Uh, and that's why they had to go into playoff games with Doug Flutie and yeah. Mike Tomzak. Uh, that was a really special team. I think they were dysfunctional, maybe more than people realize than just Jim McMahon. The other thing that this brings up, Sims. We are going to be doing this for the rest of time when it comes to Cutler. You know what? What we could have done a lot with Cutler on our team. Oh well, it is funny that it's good. now it's going to be he's going to look at a positive light. After How does he? St- I, mean, I mean, he still has potential after eleven years. It, yeah. It's it's insane. What what a wild career he has. I don't know why he retired. I wish he didn't. I really do. I, I don't wish he retired. I mean, I really wish he kept playing to maybe get on a team with a good offensive coordinator that had a legit. Stephen Huff says Cutler would be good in Houston. He would have been great. He would have been great. I, I wonder what happened there. I you know. Cutler and Josh McDaniels had issues in Denver, yeah, and Houston's an all New England staff. So I would think that something there in that conversation maybe broke that apart. Have I ever told you my Jim McMahon story though? No. So Jim McMahon, pray tell, 1985 Pro Bowl, right? And 1985 Pro Bowl, my dad's going to be in the Pro Bowl. He actually ends up being the MVP of the game that year, and we're out there. And I am still I'm learning football. I'm watching the Bears Patriots Super Bowl. They beat the crap from Hawaii. And I'm telling, this is my first time I realized the Super Bowl is a bigger deal than the Pro Bowl because I'm like, Dad, that's you're in the Pro Bowl. That's just the Super Bowl. And he's like, No, son, we want to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I was like, What do you mean? All the good players are in this game. And he's like, No, this is like for fun. That's like a real. That's a real big deal. So I learned that. But Jim McMahon got there later in the week. So I'm in the hotel hallway, right? And I'm b- bored. Uh, you know, I'm bored. Five year old, five yeah. and a half, I guess I am at the time. Challenger blew up that week, right? The Challenger. I'm in Hawaii. I can still remember waking up that morning and seeing the Challenger blow up, which is a crazy thought. But I'm in the hallway. I'm bored out of my mind, I guess. And I'm bouncing a golf ball against the wall in the hallway of a hotel, right? And I'm sure I'm driving lots of people crazy because they're like, yeah, what the hell is this But you're a Sims story? kid. And they're like, get this I'm five years old and I'm oblivious. Face. So finally somebody comes out and they look out and they're like, what? Who's making this? It's Jim McMahon. And Jim McMahon sees it's me, and I'm I am a Please cutting. Please tell me he's got tobacco. I'm in his a lip. cutting copy of my father, so I think he put it together pretty quick. Like that looks like Phil Simms' kid, and he was so cool to me though. Gave me the famous headbands and things to wear. Wow! And I had all the headbands, like you know, that all his he Adidas had one on his head, headbands, one on his neck, one on his neck. I had them all. He gave me a bunch of like Adidas stuff. What did he write on that what headband? Roselle sucks or. Pete Roselle was the commissioner, or what? Yeah. He, he wrote something like that. Something like that. Yes, but that's my Jim McMahon story. So he was just really cool to you. He was really cool. You make fun of your dad? Uh, I mean, usually that goes with the territory. <laughs> your, your dad has made fun of more than <laughs> he really is. Well, he deserves it because he usually busts everybody's butt behind closed doors. And Stephen Huff says anyone would have won with those Bears. They were sick, man. They were, but that it, defense with Buddy Ryan was unbelievable. But, but though you got to understand, like we said, the Bear team. Oh, what anybody would have won. On that team the 49ers too. in 1984 were 15 and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Giants were 14 and two in '86. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like. They were going to beat the Bears. Are going to beat the Giants that year? Uh, that that was the golden age of rivalry football. It was the Bears, the Redskins, the 49ers, the Cowboys. They won every Super Bowl for like twelve years there straight. Uh, it was great rivalries. All right, so we're bringing back uh, a segment that we did a few weeks ago on the podcast called "Whoa Big Off Season." What, dude? We see it every year. It's when uh, you know 
local reporters. They tell a story like, man, this guy's got the best hands in camp. Or, ooh, he's coming in before practice and staying late after practice. Stories that you kind of know are BS, but it gets you excited. First one up, whoa, big offseason. Quarterback, wide receiver, field trips. Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Danny Amendola went to Brady's Montana home. And they put it on Instagram. They were running routes and catching passes. Not to be outdone, Carson Wentz took all his receivers, and they're going to Fargo, North Dakota. I I thought about that. I was like, damn, Carson, you're going to make your guys go out to freaking North Dakota? We've seen quarterbacks do it all the time. I mean, Montana, I mean, Brady's going to get away with it because he's probably like in like like a palace and they have everything. It's funny how all those states, like Cheyenne, Wyoming, or uh, uh, there's another one in Wyoming that's supposed to be so big, or Utah, they end up being like the secret places where billionaires go, but quarterback wide receiver field trips, as I'm calling them. Is it actually a big deal? Do you really all of a sudden go... I'll never throw a bad slant to you again. Like, what does it really do? No, it, it, it's listen. It's, there's benefit. There certainly is. Um, I, it, it's a little overdone. Do I think Tom Brady and Julian Edelman are going to be missing each other the week, the, the second week of camp, whether they did this trip or not? No. They're All right. Be so, what about page. someone like Wentz and Alshon who have never played? That's together. where it can be beneficial. That's exactly where I was going. It's it's about the new guys that are on the team, and that you just want to just. Again, as a quarterback, it's about getting a feel for a size, the movement. Uh, those are the things that make you complete a ball to a guy where you might not be able to actually see the receiver, but you know he's supposed to be in that spot, and I've thrown this ball to him so many times. What about his people? Like, I hope that they're sleeping at Carson Wentz's house, and his mom is making them pancakes in the morning, <laughs> and they wake up and they go, Carson, Alshon, Tori, come down. I've got fresh bacon for you. That and, would then be he, and then he's like, all right, guys, we're going to church. Like, do you think it's also a people-building thing? I don't. And could it also go bad? Could Alshon be like, look, man, your mom makes crappy pancakes. I, th- I think Carson hasn't made enough money to have everybody at his house yet. So he's th- they're not. They're at a hotel. Uh, what do you mean? It's cheaper to be at, at a house at, at his parents' house. I, I'm Fargo. sure, but Alshon Jeffrey doesn't worry. He's not going to worry about five hundred dollars left. Go. He's I want go. them in bunk beds. He's I want not. them in the garage doing karate. Now Brady probably has a guest house that's the size of oh. like other million dollar millionaires' houses on the property. So Edelman can probably do his thing over there, and they can all live the life. And they have cooks. And whatever I just want else. one moment where Carson goes, "See, Fargo's not bad." And then Alshon looks at Tor and goes, "I would never." <laughs> like that's what I want. All right, next thing for whoa, big off season. The old where Why do they have to publicize it though? That's what's annoying. Because sorry. social All media. Right, sorry. Where did this come from? Every year we see a guy that wasn't expected to do much, and the players are like, "Whoa, where did this one come from?" This one is Demarius Thomas talking about Paxton Lynch. Quote, last couple of weeks, Paxton was out there just lighting it up, and it was like, whoa, where did that come from? Whoa, like we drafted you in the first round, and you're actually doing good? Uh, yes. All right, so. Where did this come here's from? Here's my take on this whole Denver thing, first of all. Gosh, where do I want to start? First of all, Paxton Lynch is going to be the quarterback unless he just screws it up. They drafted him in the first first round. This is John Elway's baby. He's going to make him play. He's going to be the starter as long as he just doesn't totally crap the bed in the preseason and preseason practice. He will be the guy. There's no doubt and about Trevor it. Trevor Simeon will be the longest standing backup quarterback in NFL history. He's gonna I be, feel like Trevor Simeon will be a premier backup for the next 10 years. He could be a backup. Like They're a team that they got to see how they feel, feel about the rest of their quarterbacks. But Simeon could be the guy like, 
Sam Bradfordish here at the end of yeah. training camp, where if a team loses Making a quarterback, bank. they might just go, you know what, do we're going to trade you, Trevor Simeon, to a team mm, and get some. Do you picks have or confidence whatever. that Paxton will, will do it? I'm not totally seen. confident Neither that he's I. ready for that he's yet. He's a little either. erratic. He's erratic. That offense he came from in college, of course, had some pro principles, but it was still pretty raw and. Um, he Falcons needs to fix his throwing motion year. a little bit. Yeah, that's the one thing. I, you know, I've had this conversation with a few people around. It. He's got to make it a little tighter. It's a little too just big, windmilly ish, and that makes the ball go everywhere. Other thing, left go. Just want to add to this story. You know, you know, when I hear like, oh, the last few weeks he tore it up. Don't think that the coaches can't set it up mm. for him to tear it up. That's what people don't realize. You've talked about this before. Right. Sabotaging and promoting by Scripting certain play calling, for really working to make him look good. Right. We talked about it with Jared Goff in the L.A. Yeah. behind the scenes. That's an NFL throw right, right there. Oh, you they can just, make guys look good. Yes, you can do that in practice. Right. Oh, they just happened to play the easiest coverage there is on the face of the planet versus the play where we're sending everybody deep for bombs. Oh, Paxton looks great. Good so that comment, does go on. Good comment here by J.R. Santos. I can't take Peter Schrager seriously. Lefko is the only chubby white dude at Analyst I can listen to. Yeah, baby. We're working on it. We're working yeah, on it. that chubby anymore. <sighs> Pecks for days yeah. over there. Yeah. I did a little pack deck. All right, last one for uh, whoa, big off season. The old he could win awards. Ugh. When we start saying that people could win awards, Michael Bennett was working out with DeForest Buckner in Hawaii. Mm. Love those two. Yes. Love the far away. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Bali trip. I'm waiting for Brady and Edelman to, to, to run routes in Bali. But Michael Bennett said about DeForest Buckner, I'm lucky to be working with a guy like that. I think DeForest will eventually be a defensive player of the year. He goes on to say that, I think his physique, I keep telling him there's nobody like him. He's not normal. So when you're not normal, you can do not normal things like win Defensive Player of the Year, and I think he's capable of doing that. So he's just saying he probably walked in, saw DeForest Buckner, and went, holy crap, do you know what you'd be capable of? But we were saying this before the draft. I didn't study a lot of 49ers footage. I also don't know their head coach. Do you see that kind of level by DeForest Buckner? He he does have that potential. Yeah, and and Michael Bennett, I don't think he's the kind of guy that would just, you know, bullcrap and throw that out for anybody. He's too honest. He is. He's extremely honest. Yeah, I think anybody with that size and that movement ability that DeForest Buckner has, yeah, he's a better version of the kid that was drafted in the first round the year before by the 49ers, Eric Armstead. Yes. Uh, Were there he had moments last year of showing dominance. What I told you, I don't know if you remember, like during the season, there were times where he got, he's really tall. So like a Richard Leverage Seymour, he's got to learn just to play lower pads. You always That's hear why that Aaron phrase. Donald is so special. He's amazing, right, because you can never get lower than him. He's My like a, a miniature rhino under yeah. there. But uh, DeForest, though, that would be the only thing I would say. Through rookie year, it was very successful. Uh, he was doing a lot of different things on the defensive line. This new defensive scheme will condense things and make life easier. Easier the Falcon for scheme. Yes, the Falcon Seahawks scheme. It's just going to be like, go here and go fast. Yeah, so instead of instead of letting teams, people hit him, yes. he gets to go. He gets at to people. attack. Yeah. Yes, and double teams are always the issue with like tall guys like that. Imagine you're you're six seven and you're you know oh I got to worry about this guy right in front of me and then all of a sudden a three hundred and fifty pound guard hits you from the side. I don't know. Call me crazy. I'd be dropping him back like JJ Watt every few plays just to try and swat balls down. Hey, we know they like slants on third and short. Sure. Where's Odell? Get on that side and just jump. Well, yeah, you don't you need, like slants you across don't need the to middle? drop them, but you need to you tell them a controlled rush. They like the three step game. Yeah, so be a te- pay attention to the quarterback's drop. If he takes three steps, you're yeah. not going to get there. Get your hands in the air, especially if you're playing like Tyrod Taylor. But or he something can like be that. special. Yeah. 
Obviously, the comments on Facebook have been good, and we appreciate you guys. I saved some from Twitter from today that I want to ask you about. First one, longtime listener and supporter Leon Boshley. What up, uh, Leon? Did Gabe Jackson deserve his contract, and what do you think happens with the contracts of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper two shows a week? Let go. Yeah. So Gabe Jackson, I think, was what, 5 for 55? So yeah, something in that range. Exactly yeah. right. Should we, should we look it up I'll real look quick? it up. Okay. You answer, though. When you saw it, what did you think? Uh, I, 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 again, here we are. Seeing a number like that in the NFL, we go, oh, that's a lot of money for a, a really good player. Like, see, our, we're really distorted. No, that's the going rate. So it rate. was 5 for 56, right. and it was a 26 guarantee. Right. So it's kind of like a 2 for 12 and a half yearly. Yes. 2 for 26. He's definitely one of the better guards in football. Now, he's the second best guard on his own team, but Kalechi Osameli is amazing. I mean, he's in the he's in the conversation as the second best guard in football, but only behind Zach Martin. Uh, so they're but, paying both of their guards over $11 million That's a great. Year. And, you know, you're playing in a division that's got some defense alignment. I mean, Bosa, Denver, and, Von Miller. Right. Yes. You know, Houston. Uh, exactly. Uh, not Houston. Justin Houston. Oh, Justin Houston. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, Agreed. So, no, I don't look at that as being an expensive contract. And you heard Gabe's comments. Listen, it sounds like Derek Carr could have broke the bank here and been even more the most expensive quarterback in history. I mean, Gabe made a comment right after he signed it. Like, I'm really thankful that Derek, John- Derek Carr took a little less because mm. it gave me a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be an issue. you got to remember, these numbers are going to go up. We're at what? What's the salary cap number this year, guys? 162, 168? I can't even remember off the top of what my head. What about Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper? Are you worried about either of them? I don't, I'm not. I'm really not. No. I'm just I, – this is what I said on the previous podcast. As soon as Derek Carr – put his name on that line, yes. the Raiders' window began to close. Right. Because yeah. as soon as you start paying the rookie guys their big contracts, right. you can't afford the Bruce Irvins. You can't afford the Sean Smiths, who didn't exactly pan out. Yes. You can't afford the Coleccio Semelis. So that window, is it's it, I'm not saying it's done. Yeah. I'm just saying you it needs to start now. It does. You can't go back after last year. No. You need to go further than you did this year, yes. and Derek Carr being healthy is a huge step. It's a huge step, and then I don't think it's going to affect Khalil Mack's contract either. I mean, first of all, I think Khalil and Derek Carr are two guys that are going to go, I can make $95 million and not $100 million. It's not that big of a deal. I think they're both that way. You've been around them. You see they're kind of selfless people. They're about as selfless as it gets for young guys in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, Amari Cooper, you don't have to worry about Amari Cooper till next year at this time where yeah. you want to do this. So they're they're spread out. They can find creative ways to spread these numbers throughout. And Reggie has been proven to be good at this. Yeah, and you got older guys. you got to think of, like, Sean Smith who's going to come off the books probably after this year. Uh, they have some aging veterans who are making a little money that their, their aren't going to get is, the same. Their key is the Jihad Wards yes. and the uh, Carl? Um, yes, um, the safety. Yeah, Carl Joseph. Carl, jo- they, they need to pan out, no doubt. Obi Melanfonwu, yes. our guy Mario Edwards Jr. He's got it. Hopefully, his I neck hope is his okay. Neck Those are the guys. You're exactly right. Another they need Twitter to pan one. Out. Seb Constantino Jr. Uh, Jr. Longtime listener. Oh wow, I remember DMing Lefko on Tumblr years Whoa. ago. Sims, do you know what Tumblr is? No, I mean I've heard of it, but uh, let's get a guess. What do you think uh, Tumblr is? Well, it sounds like a Twitter. But it's a Tumblr, so it's a it's a chat room for gymnastics fans. Are you serious? No, yeah. uh, we had a good convo. How much would a how much would a young elite quarterback fetch on the trade market? You're a jerk, by the way. Uh, so a young elite quarterback oh. on the trade market, like a young elite quarterback. We're talking like who? Andrew Luck, Marcus Mariota, no, so Jameis Winston. So I guess you know what a, a Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston, a guy who has not had their big contract. Gosh. What could you get back in return? 
Oh man! I mean, I, I don't even would know. Would it be would it be like uh, the trade uh, with the the Cowboys running Herschel back? Walker? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was be, like seven draft picks. It would be something crazy. I mean, let's just first of all just think about what Sam. We Bradford. give up. We give up crazy picks for the right to take a young quarterback, right. let alone one that has proven. What did Minnesota give up last year uh, for the a Sam Bradford? Right. So no, I, this is it's almost unfathomable. Roseman. I'm not even sure where I could go with this because it's just something that I think most teams look at and go, "Wow, that's way too then many let me, players." Let me leverage. ask. But, let me ask reverse. But question. it would be almost probably two to three first round picks. I would think. Let's for a guy say. Like that. Not let's say Mario. Let's say a Tannehill yeah. or a Mariota. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other young guys are are even more realistic. Just like middle of the road. What type would guys? you give up for them if they were like there to be had? What would you be willing to give up? I felt like if if you have a team where you go, okay, we're really close, right? And I don't need young draft picks the next year or two to make the difference of this team or fill any holes. Uh, we're gonna good place salary cap wise. And I felt like I'm the 49ers, and Kirk Cousins might be there, and we're this close sure. to, the, you know, we're what would this you give close? up for Kirk Cousins? If you're the Niners? Yeah, I think you. I think realistically, I would sit there and go, hmm, I might give up two first round picks and maybe a third the next year or something like that. I think you'd have those. to give up more. Yeah, I probably would. I think you'd have to give up like two firsts, like two seconds and a third. I, I don't feel know. Like you'd have you, to, get, you you'd have to gotta, do that RG three. You always got to take into account with these conversations, though the money that's going to be paid. Uh, that's part of the trade, right? Because teams are going to go, well, yeah, but I'm getting him, but I'm at to pay him $25 million a year. And so that's I'm giving part up as well. five rookie-controlled salaries. Exactly right. That's what I mean. So that's part of the value of the trade. I think people lose that in translation sometimes, is the contract or the money that's going to be valued to the player yeah. is part of that discussion. Stephen Hoff puts in there, uh, Cody Kessler is a gem. Just wait. <laughs> Negative, Ghost Rider. If he was a gem, they wouldn't have drafted Deshaun Kaiser in the second round. How about that? Because that would be my, my first argument. A2 low 11 with the last one here, and we're going to end on a good note here. Uh, oh, look at this. My mom in the comments section. Is that a mustache? Uh, let's see. Uh, does it look like I have a mustache? Oh, Sharon, I love when you chime in. Oh, it is a little. It's. I have hair little, on my face. It is. Sims it's a little the verdict, thicker on do I have top. a mustache? No. He just. You know, he's cool, Chelsea, like, oh, I don't care what I look like when I roll out of bed, even though I perfectly rolled up my pants and I have no socks and the rest of my outfit's perfect. That's what you're going for, Did right? you hear all the compliments he just gave me? <laughs> I know. That was pretty dope. <laughs> uh, no, I just like hair on my face because I, when I shave it, I look like I'm 18. No, and I don't, don't want to look like that What's anymore. up, Sharon? Sharon. Sharon. A2 low 11. One coach, past or present, that you would want backing you up in a fight. Oh, wow. One coach, past or present. And I, and I think it's okay to, and if you want to get in the comment section right now and do it, I think it's good to, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Um, I know that Ditka is in my top five. D- Ditka Might came, be the one. He came to number one. He came as the first one. Ditka and Parcells came to my head first. You know who else comes right to mind? We recently saw him backing up his brother, grabbing bros by the neck, Rex Ryan just absolutely ragdolling people. The fact that his fighting maneuver is grabbing right. dudes by the neck, yeah. he's a guy that I, I want. I'll tell you another one. I, Vrabel, our, our, our producer our, Jake just said Vrabel. I know. Vrabel. I was trying not to go assistant coaches. KG Day Hooley says Bill Parcells. Yes, Parcells would have been in my. I'll tell you another one who I've witnessed, you know, getting altercations at practice. Uh, and as much as I dislike this guy, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, my God. He's got the psycho eyes. Oh, I'd take him. I saw Jim Harbaugh interrupt a fight between Anquan Bolden 
And somebody in the secondary, when I was at a 49ers practice two years ago, he got right in there. As fists were, like, flying? Fists were flying. He got right in the middle and, like, you know, did the old, like, arm hook and stopped the punches. Stop it. You mean punches were flying and he threw his elbow. He threw his arm in there and stopped one of the punches and got in there and just grabbed them. But I was watching his face. He was fearless. And and you know what? Harbaugh's a little bit like John Wick. You look at Keanu Reeves, you go, he can't do an action movie. Then he goes out there and he kills somebody with a pencil. Hey, John Harbaugh would kill somebody with a pencil. You John Harbaugh at, would kill somebody with a dumb, dumb lollipop. You look at Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's right. We're in Psychoville and Jim Harbaugh's the <laughs> mayor, okay? All I know is I went up to Jim Harbaugh the first time ever, and you know I don't like him. And I went, hey, coach, how you doing? He went, I'm great with a capital G. And I was like, okay. Good to meet you. Uh, good one here, Trevor. Great with a capital G, nerd. Uh, Trevor, <laughs> nerd, Ni- nerd. Trevor Nicholson writes Mike Singletary. Oh yes, I mean I'm trying to take ex players out of the conversation. That's yeah. Uh, KG De Holy also says Joey Porter. Right. Uh, we have a few people here <laughs> saying Joey Porter and his dogs. I'll take. Uh, we also have Mike Tomlin. I oh. don't think Mike Tomlin. I want backing me up in a fight. I want Mike Tomlin negotiating the fight. <laughs> like I want him being like, now listen, you can't come and you can't come, but I'm bringing. Like he would be like. We're gonna fight here, but I feel like Mike Tom would be like, "Yo, you got this." He's got he's got a little no. more to it. He but yeah. yeah, he might be the better right the mouthpiece. Like let let him talk crap for you. To Last start one the fight. here, KG Holy who's been very good at this. Coach Coughlin, <laughs> Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin. He'd give it his all though. Oh my gosh, he would give it his all. All these military guys. Yes, I bet you Tom Coughlin knows a little pressure point back of the neck. Oh, I n- no doubt of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. You're out of here. Yeah. Uh, wait, hold Coughlin on. Coughlin out. Coughlin, back in the day, Coughlin was tough as hell. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody He's else pulling here. up the teams. John Harbaugh is another one I would say would get in there. Oh, wait. We're really – right now, if you're giving me one coach – or I'm taking all head coaches in the NFL right now in a fight, right? <laughs> Bill O'Brien is in that conversation. Okay. Jack Del Rio's in that conversation. Okay. Okay, there's nobody on the Eagles or the Redskins or in the NFC East. Yeah, Doug Peterson ain't winning any fights. Nobody in the Ben McAdoo might be like last place. NFC North, nobody's winning in those fights. Man, NFC South, anybody there? I mean, Michael Ron- Howard says Mike Tomlin would at least trip you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, woo, How would yeah. your boy Kyle Shanahan do in a fight? Oh, he would get his butt whooped. I mean, he'd get his he get right ra- he'd get railed. No, he he he'd talk Sims, a big game. Little, little known facts: When Sims hangs out with Kyle Shanahan, he kind of beats him up. I like to beat him up. I really do. I had to stop beating him up and last Larry time. Ba- he's like, hey, dude, Larry my Baton kids think says, I'm Superman. Uh, Pete Carroll would be the dirtiest. Oh. Yeah, well, Pete would be like, yeah, he'd be that feisty guy Pete that'd Carroll be like hopping would like, around, like, but actually never hit anybody. You'd run he'd at like, Pete hey, Carroll. Oh, 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 hey. <laughs> he, you'd run at him. He'd spit his gum out and like throw it in your face. <laughs> right. He's got. He's got a. And then Saj McKenley. This is where we're gonna end it because you ain't got no more. Bill O'Brien and Del Rio would be the final f- countdown. Saj McKenley says John Gruden. How would John Gruden do in a fight? Uh, he's feisty little crap, but I don't think people realize how small John is. John's like five eight. You know, I mean, now he's got a little bit of a beer belly there, so he's—I don't know—he's probably two hundred. But mm. uh, I don't. Yeah, John ain't gonna—he ain't gonna win too many fights. You know, the one good thing about—he uh, can motivate the fighters, though. You know, the one good thing about having Pete Carroll in your corner. What's that? You know, he's not gonna run. <laughs>
<laughs> and that's it. Sims and Left Go oh, Monday edition. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. It was a lot of fun. We are going to be uh, back recording another podcast on Wednesday. We're hoping to get a bunch of NFL players. Yeah. I have a few names that I'm being told that could be in studio. You're working on some really big names. Yep. The podcast is hitting its stride. Uh, I'm going to try and put out video online for you guys to see it. I don't know what this move is. Thank you guys for joining us on Facebook. As always, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and I'll try and read those comments and questions on the podcast. It's going to be really weird on Wednesday. Hopefully you you guys download us on Thursday. We'll be back here next Wednesday, Monday at 1 o'clock. Love you guys for Sims. Yo, yo, peace out, homies. For Jake, for Gabe, for George, and everyone back there, we love you guys. We'll be back soon.